This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome into your weekend edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad back at it with Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. And we start off with the big news, a relief for Bengals fans and the Bengals. Jamar Chase will not be placed on the IR. Zach Taylor made that official, basing that on his diagnosis. Some other updates, Logan Wilson and Trey Hendrickson should be good to go for Monday. Eli Apple's status is still uncertain, although I think that could go either way. So just some quick hits there. Uh, Good news, I think, for the Bengals. I mean, no IR means a speedier return, speedier recovery for Chase. Yeah, the so I mean obviously this I think this is this is fairly um, fairly self explanatory, but not putting Chase on IR t- indicates to me and, and it should everybody else that they don't anticipate him missing uh, either the Steelers game on November twentieth or and or the Titans game on November twenty seventh, because if you put him on IR, he would have had to miss four games. So that would have been Cleveland, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, the earliest like we talked about yesterday, the earliest he could have come back was against the Chiefs on December 4th. So now you open up that possibility for him to return against the Steelers. You open up that possibility for him to return against the Titans. Um, it, I think, I, I mean, and, and we're still in a situation where I would anticipate him coming back. But again, maybe you're in a situation where you rattle off wins against Cleveland and against Carolina and against Pittsburgh and you go into you go into Nashville at, what would that be, 7-3, and three, and if Jamar's not 100%, there's no reason to push that. So I think but, – but what this does is it gives you options. Um, obviously, today's move would indicate – or lack of a move would indicate that they anticipate him back sooner than later. So, yeah, I mean, good news for them. And I, I think that's cons- – all, like all things considered – about as good as you could have, about as good as you could have expected. But the bigger news for this weekend, we knew Jamar Chase was going to be Correct. out. Uh, Logan Wilson will be back in the lineup. That's a speedy return for him after missing just one game, um, which is big in terms of you know defending Nick Chubb and Trey Hendrickson also will play. Uh, the obviously the Eli Apple situation is interesting because that would uh, mean Cam Taylor Britt if he's out gets his first career start. He's only played. What do you play? Thirty-four snaps or something? Thirty-two snaps. 30, yeah, something like, like that um, uh, against uh, the Falcons, and that was it. And he's, you know, he's a rookie. Um, you know, good situation again for him to be in against a team that doesn't tend to throw the ball very much. So, uh, but the, the, they'll probably. I mean, if he's in the lineup, he'll be targeted. Um, so that's something to watch for Monday night. And the other thing. Well, we're getting injury updates. The Browns are also getting injury updates. And, you know, theirs are worse. And, and when we get into predictions, I think this factored into mine. Uh, Wyatt Teller, starting right guard, out. Denzel Ward, starting cornerback, out. And David, uh, how do you say his last name? Njoku. Njoku, out. Um, and then Newsom and JOK, questionable, along with a couple of others. That's a brutal injury report. That's bad. Uh, and, and much worse uh, situation than the Bengals are in, even though – Jamar Chase is as impactful, I think, of a player on that list on both teams. Um, I think I'd rather have the Bengals injury situation than the Browns this week. Oh, yeah, the, the JOK thing I don't think can go 
um, under the radar. I think I think it will, but it shouldn't, um, because obviously, you know, not having Denzel Ward, not having uh, I almost said Miles Teller, not having Wyatt Teller. Um, Miles Teller would be a big absence. Miles Teller would be a big absence, <laughs> right? Um, Greedy Williams is questionable yeah. too, so that hurts your back. Yeah, well, even right. More. So I, I think that you know you can kind of look at that, and JOK goes under the radar, but he's a guy who does so much for them defensively. He's you know he's kind of one of those tweener types where he's fast enough to play linebacker or fast enough to play safety, but he's big enough to play linebacker. So I think that that really hurts them, especially if the Bengals are going to rely on their run game a little bit more without Jamar Chase. Um, and we saw it with the corner situation, though. We saw last week how dangerous that can be. Falcons were down in the secondary, then Terrell right. gets hurt, and then yeah. you're you're picking people off the practice squad, essentially just throw in. Um, you know, if Newsom, Newsom doesn't play or gets injured early in that game, how does that shift things down? I mean, you'll see Joe Burrow, I think, light up whoever's in. And especially when you're talking about trying to uh, – you know, defend now with Jamar Chase out doing different things. How limited are they with the backups? And you know, you can't get as fancy yeah. in coverages. Um, so all kind of favorable things, especially when you consider you know you're out with Jamar Chase. Um, but the team you're facing now is 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 going to be significantly depleted, I think, on defense uh, to a point where I, you know, the line hasn't moved. And so, and I think there's a reason for that. I think this game is still you know about where we thought. You know, obviously they're on the road. Obviously it's prime time. It's going to be a hostile environment. Weather might not be great, but the Bengals are a better team, and I, and I think that, you know, we can get into predictions here in a minute, but I, I just still think without Jamar Chase, they're still going to roll through this yeah, one. Yeah, when, when I was in high school, my high school played uh, Wyatt Teller, so I would, I would, I'm Wait, really? disappointed. Yeah, he kicked the living crap out of us. But did so you disappointed. play? Did you see? Did you I didn't Miles have to block Teller. him. I didn't have to block Wyatt Teller. I didn't have to block Miles Teller either. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, was, I was disappointed strong. because I really just wanted to be like, huh, I knew he was gonna. He was like a people eater before anybody else did because I watched him like start throwing people through the air. That man's a good football player, and losing losing him. I mean, we talked about this on the crossover pod um, that we did for this. Like, Batonio and Teller is probably the best guard tandem in the league. With for a Bengals front, they, I mean, I know they still have Nick Chubb, but for a Bengals front, that was. You know, you're kind of depleted a little bit on the defensive line. You don't have DJ Reader still. You don't have Josh Tupo. That's big news. Miles Teller did not play football. He Miles played. Teller did not. He, he, he did not play football? He did not. He played basketball. Okay. Uh, he was also in the his high school's drama club and played a variety of instruments. Really, Michael? You, variety. you just had to pull that up. Miles Teller was in the drama club? I never would have guessed that. Were you in the drama club, Michael? No, I was not. Oh, I could see what that. What kind of club were you see in? That. I'm very curious. Did you play sports or were you? That's for another podcast. I can't remember that. <laughs> well, we'll save that for Flashback Friday because I think that'd be really interesting. But yeah, I mean, you talk about Teller. I mean, my high school went against Jed Willis the three years I was in high school, and he was a people leader too. So at least they have him, but that's still not quite enough. He's battled injuries like we talked about on the crossover pod. Um, earlier this week so yeah that's not going to be enough and like look even if Nick Chubb eats for a little bit in the first half we've talked about the Bengals defense they haven't allowed any touchdowns in the second half so or, or even if it's vice versa I still don't see Chubb doing that much more um you know and that's going to be tough when you don't have David Njoku I mean I understand Jacoby Brissett has Amari Cooper who I still think is you know great for what he does but Njoku's a big piece not just receiving wise but he's a good blocker too so that doesn't help with Chubb um you know and with Logan Wilson being back I mean I second Michael that's huge because that's the other thing now that you have him kind of scanning the middle of the field you know it gives uh the Bengals more pass coverage and it also helps stop Chubb if he tries to explode so 
big help for the Bengals, big loss for the Browns, but really just jumping into predictions. I'm going to say that the Bengals take this one 24-14. I think whatever points the Browns get come early, it'll mostly come from the ground game. I mean, maybe the Browns sneak in one touchdown from Brissett, but I mean, no Jamar Chase. I think in this game, really, as cliche as it is, no problem. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, they've been in this situation before. I mean, even Michael Thomas, I think with the way the Browns defense is depleted, you can go to him. You could maybe even, if you want to bring Trent Taylor in at some point late in the game, you could maybe even split reps I don't know what your Trent Taylor obsession is. I don't think he's going to steal the field much. Well, the last time he played the Browns was in Week 18. I understand they were resting starters they literally, did, they literally did not play any starters, and they got the right. Game. He barely got – so, like, that's your – he basically, play. So, basically, like, you need Stanley Morgan not to play. Well, that could happen, though. That's T, the thing. So then, but that then might not happen. But then it's still T. Higgins. Over under five, that's a good over-under five snaps for Trent Taylor. I'm saying that has to be a point. So like Morgan hasn't practiced at all this week, so he he may not be available. Over, I'm thinking. I'm I'm thinking he like approaches double digits. I'm thinking he hits like ten. But this doesn't include specialty. This does not include specialty. Obviously, because if because if Stanley Morgan is banged up, he's the fourth receiver. After Mike Thomas. After Mike Thomas. That's what I'm saying. So like, but I just I like, but this kind of goes back to my discussion the other day where I was just like, I wonder if they wouldn't just do 11 personnel or excuse me, 12 personnel, 21 personnel. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. I, I I'm think gonna go I'm gonna say over. So what is it? Five. We'll five, say and five. We'll say five and a half. Five and a half. I'm gonna say I'm over. Gonna go I'll under. say over. I'm gonna go under. There's our first prop bet right there. No, I'm not big on him. I'm just saying because he did not play last week, Stanley Morgan. And he hasn't practiced this week, and I think is probably doubtful going into Monday. I only bring that up. Otherwise, I'd say Trent Taylor is just going to do what he does on special teams. But, yeah, I mean, back to my prediction, though. Yeah, it's just it's, – it, I think that's a pretty even down-the-middle score. Uh, the Bengals get uh, their first divisional win. They come home with a bucket full of Halloween candy, which will not include candy corn because for whatever reason, Zach Taylor – I don't think we mentioned this. He doesn't like candy corn. I don't understand that. Candy corns. Your good. production went to a lot of places. Candy Bengals twenty eight, Browns seventeen. Uh, like I said, I just think that whatever offensive problems that the Bengals have without Jamar Chase, uh, you know, I, I don't think they'll be significant. I think they've got the receiving core to sort of make up for it and talent at the skill positions, um, and they should be they should be fine. I think they roll through this one. I think the Browns aren't very good. Yeah, I, I predicted uh, 27-23 Bengals. Um, I think this this just kind of strikes me as one of those games where uh, the Bengals go out early. Um, you know, I want I'm going to write a story about this next week, so stay tuned for that. But you know, one of the things that they've been doing over these last couple of weeks is taking the ball if they win the coin toss, um, it, which pretty much guarantees that they're going to start on offense every single game. Um, just because you know, so many so many teams in the NFL choose to uh, defer. So I think that, you know, the Bengals start out quick. You start out, you know, you, you can kind of put the pressure on Cleveland because Cleveland is a running team. You have Nick Chubb. You want to be able to establish and all that other kind of crap. But without a lead, it's, it's a lot tougher to do. So um, I, think the, I think the Bengals are going to win. I think they're going to win by four. So I think they covered the spread for those interested. Um, but, I mean, this is a good segue for the prop bet. I also think uh, I, I picked over 45 for my prop bet because – um, you know, like I said, I think that if if the Browns start with the ball and they can go up seven nothing, ten nothing, ten three, something like that, then I think it kind of lends itself to a game that would hit the under because the Browns are going to run the ball, but 
because the Bengals like to take the football first, I think they're going to score early in this game. I think they've kind of solved their, their problem with slow starts. So you can score early. You kind of force the Browns out of the things that they want to do. Uh, obviously, more running the ball just kind of burns the clock. Throwing the ball lends itself to more possessions. So I think we're going to hit over 45, and I think the Bengals are going to cover. What about you, Michael? Still 28-17. I mean, oh, like prop, prop, bet. prop bets. Oh, um, the uh, <laughs> it, cha- it changed in the last two minutes. The uh, I was it was interesting. I was looking at Joe Mixon, and it was the combined rushing receiving that's, yards. I, that's caught my eye. It was ninety four and a half, which I thought was interesting. That is intriguing because um, if you added up his rushing and receiving, it was not ninety four. It was like eighty eight or something. But he's only hit it once this season. It, yeah, it was the opener, the, which I, so that surprised I was confused me. by that. Um, yeah, really so. Weird. Uh, that was interesting, but so I, I I'm gonna pass on that just because he hasn't hit it. Uh, Burrow two sixty seven and a half for passing yards seems low just because he's uh, done that in five of seven games. I know he's without Jamar Chase, but I mean they're still gonna throw the ball. I mean, uh, as Zach Taylor said this earlier this week, we just throw the ball. I mean, what, do you, what do you want us to do? We throw the ball a lot. Um, so I think that's not. Uh, a bad bet. Um, and then I, I don't know if you guys noticed that T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd were off the board. Yeah, they, they took him off the board. For receiving yards, game. which I found interesting because I was kind of curious as to what Vegas would set. You know, I, I guess it was too confused. You know, they, they didn't know. So, But what the receiving yards for Higgins would have been, would it have been like a 90, like no, an 87 Because Jamar typically, Jamar was hitting 80. So the, the thing that I would be curious about without Jamar, if we're talking prop bets, is like Jamar was always at 80-ish. And T. Higgins was always like 75-ish. And then Boyd would follow at like 60. So I wonder, because the logical conclusion would be, oh, well, T goes up. But but I I wonder if T would actually, his over-unders now, would start to be in the 90s range. And Tyler Boyd would kind of be... Because if Tyler was around 70, I thought that would have been a good good bet. You lose the the three-headed monster, and now there's just the two guys. So they uh, they they took it off. But that would have been... uh, Tyler Boyd would have been the interesting one to me. But uh, I guess, yeah, Burrow with the passing yards, even though that mix of numbers still intrigues me just because I think he's going to get a few more targets um, and, and, you know, have to be more a little more productive um, without with Jamar Chase in the lineup. So I think um, this is, I'd say, a pretty easy one. Joe Burrow rushing yards over under 14 and a half. I think he easily goes over that. I think we've seen – those nice third down runs he's he's had. I mean, he's been a lot more comfortable running the ball. It's you know we've talked about this and you hear other people talk about it. That's just backyard burrow. Um, I'm not saying it goes for a lot. I'm just saying as far as 14 and a half goes, I think he hits that. How much higher than that? I, I don't know, but he has hit that in the last two games. Yeah, and so I and, 20. and so I think that's a safe bet. It's it's easy and it's uh, it's predictable. Like you said, he's matched that, and with the way the Browns' defense is, I don't think there's really much they could do to keep him from running for over fourteen and a half yards. So I say Burrow over fourteen and a half. Did you did you notice? Do they have a longest rush for Burrow? No, I think it was just mixing. It was just mixing. Okay, because as right. I look at this now, he had a long of a twenty yard rush against the Falcons, and that was his total. He had a long of a nineteen yard rush. I think that was the touchdown I guess against the Saints. the Saints, and his total was twenty five. So basically, I think what you're you're betting on there is him to break one of those runs, which yeah. against Garrett and Clowney, I don't think is the worst bet. No, not at all. Especially without JOK, like you mentioned, kind of scanning the field. But yeah, so, he yeah. he will not match that unless he has to 
get the hell out of Dodge and run out of the pocket. Which like, it, I do which, not. Which see. against Garrett, well, against Garrett and Clowney, I could see him running for picking up a fifteen yards right. or something like. Right. Right. I just don't mean it's not going to like collapse on him. Is what I mean. I think he'll be able to elude that and escape that. So I'm with you on that. But yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I guess uh, just to kind of wrap up. I mean. With Cleveland, I don't know if you guys have done your research yet, but are there any food spots you guys are trying to hit? Because I've been kind of thinking about that. All right. um, How do I say this without defending or without pissing off people in Cleveland? Because I do genuinely like Cleveland. Like, Cleveland gets a bad rap, and I wish it didn't because Cleveland's fun. Cleveland rocks. I've never been. Cleveland rocks, you could say. I've never been Um, to Cleveland. I'm trying to think here. Uh, oh, Oh, the easy one is I have to shout out Dave's Cosmic Subs. Um, Ooh, Dave's Cosmic Sub. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a very like, it's a chain. It's not like a cra- it, Don't go there expecting the best sub you've ever had, but it's so wonderful. I do love Dave Co- Dave's Cosmic Subs. I will be eating it on Sunday for lunch. Um, sure. So the, if you're looking for like a, I got into town. I'm tired. I need a quick meal, or I'm leaving. I want to eat something really quick. Uh, hit up Dave's Cosmic Subs because it is. My friend who lives in uh, Willoughby, Ohio, uh, he was the one who put me onto it, and I have to credit him. Shout out Jimmy Watkins. It's a great, <laughs> great sub place. Uh, well, my recommendation would have been Tremont Tap House, but they are still temporarily closed for renovations, Ooh. and they, they are a really, really good gastro pub. Uh, if you want high-end Red Steakhouse, uh, you can't... You can't oh, you, do you have a list? Yeah, well, I pulled them up. I can't oh, remember okay. the names because um, it's been a few years. Uh, Red Steakhouse, I think they have two locations. Um, really, really good. Obviously a little more pricey, but um, for for grown-ups, that's a good place. And then um, Melt Bar, which is a grilled cheese, fancy grilled cheese place. Fancy grilled um, cheese. And they have like a, every, you know, different grilled cheese every month. Uh, that's you know, epic. A, a crazy one. Um, they're very, very, very good. Um, and then obviously... Uh, very good breweries all over Cleveland yeah, as well. The but, um, Barrio Taco is pretty good. Have you – so this is – Muhammad, I'm sorry to exclude you here. Mike, okay. are you a Great Lakes beer fan? Yeah, I am. But, I mean, I've gone sort of all in on whiskey. Uh, okay. Beer's too much – too many calories. Just, you can, you, you can, it doesn't – it's not as effective as just right. going whiskey neat, so – yeah, but because I, I remember we were there was a discussion. Great in the Lakes era. is a cool uh, their location with the I think it was the the main location. I don't know if they have a second location, but um, um, they people got were the, talking. People were hyping up the Christmas ale. They got yeah, I don't like Christmas ales. Um, but they have a the bar in the basement has bullet holes from Elliot Ness. Um, it's, it's <laughs> nice. a cool, it's a cool place uh, to to check out, and I've done a tour of their their nice. facilities. Um, so well, if you're listening nice. to this, give us recommendations on where to eat and where to drink. I was going to say, one of my good friends from college is from Cleveland. She lives in Chicago now, but there's a, a large uh, Middle Eastern population in Cleveland. And she told me about this one place. I think it's in the Warehouse District, which I don't believe is far from First Energy Stadium. It's called Taza Lebanese Grill. It's the top-ranked um, Middle Eastern Arabic restaurant on Yelp, at least. I'd imagine it's the same on other websites. Um, usually, all Middle Eastern food is pretty standard, but the Lebanese are really good with things like shawarma, which is like rotisserie chicken shredded. Yeah, I could eat shawarma for days. Like, I grew up on that. They have really good shawarma, and uh, their pita bread is really good if you like some nice, comforting hummus. So if you're in the mood for some uh, Mediterranean, Middle Eastern, I think Taz is a good place. I've never been to Cleveland, so I think I'm probably going to try that out. And we hope you try out the best places if you're in Cleveland. And again, like Andrew said, throw all the recommendations our way. But once again, as always, for myself, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nizek, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. 
Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you Monday.